You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. It's The List and your boy with Jimmy Van and Sean Ross What's up, you guys? It's Sean Ross It is Wednesday afternoon. The List and your boy 29. My last stateside for like two weeks, Jimmy. We are about to take the country boy out of the country. Going to put him <laughs> into the city. You know what this is like? This is like when Dance and Homer went from the Springfield Isotopes to the Capital City Capitals. Many, like many in my town would argue that, that, that the taking the, the country boy out of the country has already happened a little bit. Really? Uh, to say that I don't mesh well with some of the residents around here would be an understatement. Okay. Well, <laughs> this is going to be a different world from, I imagine, your daily life. So it's yes. going to be so. I'm not a big city dude. Like, you know, when I've talked to you, I've said... Like maybe moving to Lexington is my yeah. in my plan, and Lexington, even compared to Louisville, is small. So I'm not even a, a city guy. I live. I know you don't know Toronto yet, but I live midtown because at least we have trees midtown. Yeah, downtown is very much concrete in Toronto. So well, I'll I'll say this: I had two trees chopped down out of my yard last week by that neighbor that you always talk about. Actually, okay. Including that one, I had four trees chopped down last week. <laughs> really? Last yes. week? Last week, yeah. Okay. Yeah. They, are they making way for like something new, like a construction or something? No, it's, it's us. We're doing it. Uh, we're we're looking to basically refinance and all that stuff. And mm. uh, they, you know, you gotta gotta beautify it a little bit for the for the adjusters and, and all that stuff. People saying they love the periscopes that I've been doing as a reminder for these podcasts. How about okay. That? I was going to get to that, so I I did not know what PSCP.TV is, so what is it and why are you doing it? Periscope. I'm just doing it to like do a visual reminder to people why we're doing, or when we're doing these podcasts. Just like about an hour just, before, I'll get on there and say, hey, we're talking about Kevin Owens saying that his dick's not on the internet. Okay, so is that kind of like, you know, like your local news when they have the little thing before and then they go back to the show and then they do the news they have the little little teaser kind of like that yes okay i'm with you i'm with you uh whatever i had never heard of it i'm clearly not the demo 
I saw you started doing these videos. I was like, what the hell is PSCP.TV? I mean, I told TV? you I was going to do them. I, I actually <laughs> recommended that you and Joe do them as well. You didn't. Clearly, it went in one ear and out the other, Sean. Hot damn. So, Hot damn. So there, also, there, there is uh, so much to talk about today. It's insane. There is a lot. I, I want to first, I want to say uh, well wishes to Shane McMahon. Yeah. Who, uh, he was in a helicopter that had to make an emergency landing today. We're filming this on the 19th. Uh, and he had to make a crash landing uh, in the water near Gilgo Beach in Long Island. He's okay. The pilot's okay. Nobody's hurt. Uh, yeah, I'm glad things worked out for him. And have you ever been in a helicopter? I don't think I have been, no. So there, I've been in a helicopter many times, and they are very fun and different. The one you own? Uh, I'm not that kind of business owner, Sean. <laughs> You'll see when you come into this place, I wear like $100 worth of clothing from head to toe. That's just kind of how I am. But, uh, no, I've been on one, like, in Vegas a couple times on vacations and stuff. And they're they're fun, and you can maneuver them, obviously, much different than a plane. But at the same time, I, if you uh, experience claustrophobia, you don't want to be in a helicopter. You I don't know what I'm saying? If, I, you know, there are times that I've dealt with claustrophobia. But, yeah, it's poor. I'm glad Shane McMahon's okay with standing up doing an interview. Can't no, believe I, can't believe he did this on an untelevised live event instead of a pay per view. Right? Yeah. I love but, how he. But it was sold. New York, right? So. Yeah, and yeah. I loved how he no sold the Vincent Man question. He kind of no sold it a little bit. What did he say? The reporter said, "By the way, are you Vincent Man's son?" He goes, "I am." How's that? Man. No, yeah. because Shane was always known to kind of be the cool one, right? And yeah. uh, and the laid back one. So good for him. I uh, I got to touch upon Vader Will Osprey, Sean. Got to do it. What what on Vader are you touching upon? Because it seemed like you were touching upon damn nuts, pretty pretty thoroughly last week. I haven't seen the proof. You were you were swinging from the sack. You know what? As soon as we get to the Kevin Owens stuff, we're going to talk about the mentality of people today. We're going to talk about it. But uh, you can stop swinging. It's you, you got your point across. You can stop doing that. This is a shirt I, uh, right here. This is a T-shirt. Oh, it's going to be like an animated old, shirt? those old sports flicks, uh, baseball cards where you moved them in the light? Yes, and... of course. Yeah. You want to do that? Yeah. Fight we can trading cards. We can do it. So last week, so... Uh, Apparently there is I... a slight delay on on your side of uh, the audio. Again? 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 again. Yep. Is this your problem? Is this your internet doing this? It worked fine with Nigel earlier. What the hell is going on? Uh, people are going to have to tolerate it until we figure out what's going on. Yeah. But uh, whatever. So uh, last week we touched on Vader versus Will Ospreay. Uh, we didn't plan to talk about it. It just came up. Mm-hmm. And it got a lot of feedback on YouTube. I got, I even got a couple of direct messages on Twitter from people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and some of them feel one way, some feel another. I felt the need to explain myself a little bit. So I wanted to explain. Uh, and, I'm, and so here, here's the situation. If this match had taken place in WWE, right, mm-hmm. and if Will Ospreay had been the contracted talent in WWE, and if Vader had been the, the aging veteran they brought in for a one-off, in that situation, the only plausible outcome is for Will Ospreay to win and for Vader to put him over in that situation. The reason that I had my opinion, which I still have, is because this match took place 
in Revolution Pro, which is a, a small independent company in the UK. There's a few hundred people there. Well, one of the, one of the bigger independent promotions in, in the area, let's be honest. Whatever, whatever, whatever. It's, it's still a small independent promotion. I know you said, well, everything is filmed now. The only place where this took place, as far as I know, was on YouTube, as far as where you can see the footage. It's where, There's, hey, more people see stuff on YouTube than on pop TV these days. Uh, not that video, because I looked it up. And the, only, and the only people that are going to be seeking that out are the ones that, are, that know the story, the hardcore wrestling fan that knows the story. And the hardcore wrestling fan understands Will Ospreay did not lose to Vader. Will Ospreay put Vader over. There is a difference, right? Mm-hmm. And so the reason that I had this opinion is because in that situation, it was a small show in front of a few hundred people. Will Ospreay was 23 years old. He hadn't had any major U.S. television exposure yet. Hadn't signed with the Ring of Honor yet. He had done some stuff with New Japan, but he sure as hell was not Kenny Omega, right? Sure. And so in that situation, for him as a 23-year-old, to not only act like a spoiled brat cutting a promo in the ring, but he sat cross-legged in the ring, Sean, seriously? Well, there is no official video of this up, by the way. Yeah, there is. These are all fan. These are fan videos. I know that, but you can see what happened. Come on now. You can see what happened. It's it's right there. Come on now. If Nigel was sitting outside your window filming our podcast, nobody's tuning in to his version. Uh, it's the Actually, only available footage at the moment, and you can see what happened by watching that footage. And the fact of the matter is, he sat cross-legged in the ring like a CM Punk mark, which is what he was, cutting a promo on Vader like a spoiled punk, all right? And I stand by what I said. And let me tell you something, Sean. Let me tell you something. You know back in the day I promoted Independence. <coughs> Right. Yeah. And I used to promote Bobby Roode a lot back in the day. And granted, YouTube then was not really around. So so there was no YouTube. But back in those days, Bobby Roode was very well known on the independents because he had done a lot of stuff with WWE. He had done a lot of stuff with WCW. He had done Sunday Night Heat tapings and everything. So he was known by the wrestling fan base. And if I told Bobby Roode to put over Jim Duggan, not only did did he not complain, he thanked me for giving him the opportunity to work with somebody with experience in the business. All right. And that's the difference between a Bobby Roode and a Will Ospreay. And you know as well as I do that somebody like Triple H, if he hears stories like this and if he sees that footage, he's going to say, fuck this kid. I get the feeling that that Triple H has experienced enough Vader in his day to know how Vader is. I mean, yeah, but this is his best friend kicked Vader in the face in the middle of a pay-per-view match on purpose. I think he knows. Yeah, but this isn't about Vader. This is about a 23-year-old kid who hadn't done anything and was a nobody thinking that he's CM Punk. I mean, okay, to say that he had done nothing is a little much because his match with Ricochet was the talk of, and you can say, internet fans, internet fans, everybody has a fucking internet. Everybody has the internet. Everybody does. And if you are the talk of that, you, you are something. You are getting something done. You're accomplishing something. Vader has was remarkable in his day. He was also remarkably hard to deal with in his day and is still remarkably hard to deal with. You hear about it from Chael Sonnen. You hear about it from DDP. You hear about it from a lot of these people. I I didn't have a problem dealing with Chael Sonnen. He called sure, me, no. He called me two minutes early. Gave me yeah. he, he sat outside in his SUV to make sure that he had a good connection when I did an interview with Chael Sonnen. Uh, DDP cleared off an hour schedule for me yeah, uh, used to send me free DDP stuff because without even, before he even sponsored <clears> me, like he was remarkably easy to deal with. There I mean, look, is don't one common wrong. denominator in this situation, and that is uh, Vader. Yeah, but this isn't about Vader. 
I mean, ultimately, like we talked about before, ultimately, if you're going to lay blame, it should be on the promoter because the promoter should have told Vader before he even brought him in, I'm bringing you in to put over this kid and Vader, either you're going to do it or you're not getting paid. They don't get the bulk of their money until the show is over, right? Sure. So it should have been on the promoter to say, this is what you're doing. And if the promoter didn't have the balls, that's on him. But at the same time, Will Ospreay, sure, he had done some stuff in New Japan. And sure, he had a match with Ricochet. That's, that's really fantastic. He had not had any major U.S. television exposure. He was a 23-year-old kid sitting cross-legged in the ring like a spoiled brat. And, that, and that's my opinion. And you, you know WWE as well as I do. WWE is not going to tolerate that kind of attitude. You know it. It's true. Well, maybe. Maybe they won't. Maybe they will because for some reason they seem to enjoy it when people shove it up their ass a little bit. I, speaking of, by the way, I've reached out to WWE for a comment on this page situation. And they, they, ah. they surprisingly, they haven't gotten back to me as quick as with some other stuff. It's a non-story shot. It is a non-story when the when the PD is uh, recommending, recommending charges be pressed, recommending charges be pressed, and they have yeah. a zero tolerance domestic abuse policy. Yeah. No, I mean that that part could be bad for her, but as far as you know, she's not going to get arrested. Nothing's going to come of that. Sure, but right? that doesn't matter. That could cost her her job. It's, it could. I I think that they're going to keep her just so nobody else can bring her on. Personally. Yeah, somebody in our chat says, I'm flying to Toronto next week for a bachelor party with a bunch of savages. I'm open <laughs> to contributing my vocal marmalade for a sit-down interview with the eccentric millionaire. And then he says, for a fee, of course. Oh, Fightful, that's <laughs> Fightful could use a heartthrob of a Canadian Puerto Rican on the payroll. Uh, buddy, we have the best Puerto Rican in media on our payroll right now in Carlos awesome. Toro. You can awesome. hit the bricks, homeboy. That's awesome. Uh, what did you think of the Kurt Angle reveal? I loved it. Yeah? Kind of, I mean, like, could the reaction have been better? Sure, but Kurt yeah. Angle, man, that guy. Yes, absolutely. Conjured up tears, this man. Yes, yeah, you're right. So I, I watched that, and obviously we knew going in it was going to be a love affair or a love child or both. Yeah. More than likely, we knew that. I don't think anybody called Jason Jordan, so uh, kudos to the company for kind of keeping the lid on that surprise. I thought Kurt Angle – I mean, think about Kurt Angle. This is a guy. He won an Olympic medal in 96. He did not know pro wrestling at all. I don't think he started watching it till 98. Debuted with the company a year later. Uh, was obviously phenomenal in the ring, a phenomenal athlete. Picked it up maybe quicker than anybody in the history of the business. But not only did he develop the in-ring, he became one of the best entertainers ever – one of and the his most Hall versatile performers that the business has ever seen. Absolutely. I thought his Hall of Fame speech was awesome, maybe the best ever. And for him to be in the ring, number one, he looked like he was you know, excited and he looked like he was nervous, like he was able to conjure up that emotion. And then crying. Did you notice when they hugged, he would kiss him on the cheek? You know, it's stuff like that. Things. It's the little he's, things that he gets. He's, he's amazing. I thought the, the only thing I thought about this angle was that – this day and age, given the wrestling audience, this day and age, I thought it fell flat, like you said, like the, the reaction wasn't that great, because I think people this day and age, uh, it's hard for them to accept stories like that they know are clearly bullshit. But, uh, but at least the company tried. I give them credit for trying. Uh, they didn't hot shot it in two weeks. They did it over, what, two months or something? Yes, they did. So and I give them and it explained the absence of American Alpha on SmackDown. It explained the emergence of Chad Gable as a singles guy. I right. think Chad Gable can be an excellent babyface too because everything about him screams babyface. He is Absolutely. undersized. He's very good technically. He right. 
uh, impressing an AJ Styles uh, is going to help him a little bit. But Jason Jordan, he was he was like the unfinished product. He was the thing that that in NXT even they made it a storyline like this is his last chance is right. making it work with this guy. So having a guy, hopefully Kurt Angle does mentor him as well. Right. Nothing right. but good things. And and I'll say this as well. Chad Gable, Jason Jordan, two of the kindest people in pro wrestling I have ever spoken to, uh, spent time around. Right. Like, I would see them, like, there were those shows in Columbus, and Jason Jordan was ringside with Chad Gable for a match against one of the villains. The entire time, Jason Jordan found a child with Down syndrome and spent the entire match with him along the ringside area. And right. then they came back out and took pictures with him and his family. Like, little things like that, that, that then I'm like, okay, he gets, he definitely gets that end of it. And, and he, he does look like Kurt Angle. I mean, yes. he does. <laughs> well, you know? and, and, we, and, and it was genuine, his, his kindness. But l- another thing that I thought was funny, Kurt Angle has had a well-known affection for women of color, and that yes. played a role as well. And I'm sure that Vince McMahon was like, ha! You know, he has so, jungle fever, Sean. That's what they say, man. That's what you say. That's not what I say. Hey, I'm married not... to a Trinidadian woman, dude, so I can say it. I'm married to a Trinidadian woman. Well, All right. I'm married to a Kentucky redneck. So... <laughs> there we go. No, I, I give them props for giving it a try. Like I said, I just I think uh, the the fans aren't buying it, but they're giving it a shot. I don't care. I think it'll work. I think he can work. I wonder about his promos and stuff. I wonder about that, but... You don't I'm, think they're going to turn him into, like, the sympathetic baby face, do you? That's what Alex seems to think. Because he's a big fucking that's, dude. Well, if, if you saw <laughs> Monday's show, me and Alex, <laughs> try, like, just imagining them being like, and there he is, the six foot three, 245 pound right. uh, amateur wrestler who went right. undefeated one year in college. Can he overcome the odds? Yeah. The son of the yeah. Olympic gold medalist. Yeah. How will he ever defeat Heath Slater? Do you remember, so probably my favorite episode of Raw ever, was the taped episode from, uh, I think it was December of 98, when Mick Foley beat The Rock for the title? Yeah. Right? And that's probably my favorite episode ever, when Stone Cold ran out. To set up that match, Mick Foley got Shane McMahon in a submission hold in the ring. And demanded that Vince give him a title shot. Mm-hmm. And so if you do the comparison to that, they could never pull that off no. with a guy like Jason Jordan, right? So No, Jason Jordan would take anybody and heave them over his head. Exactly <laughs> right. Exactly right, yeah. So there I guess few, we'll see where they go. There are a few guys, like maybe a couple, maybe like a Lesnar, I could envision a Strowman muscling him and beating him up. But other than that, it's like hard for me to envision knowing what I know about Jason Jordan. Right. And say, well, that guy's kicking Jason Jordan's ass. Right, right, yeah. But I guess here's we'll see. also a fun fact: he's not lost a singles match on TV in over three years. Really? Yeah, NXT or okay. WWE. So, right, okay. Well, we'll see what happens. Um, talking smack. Bombed. So, so Bombed. not only not only did they cancel Talking Smack, not only did Renee Young uh, confirm that Unfiltered was also canceled, uh, but uh, they didn't even tell Renee Young or Daniel Bryan. They both found out through social media. What do you think about that? I think that's shit. Mm-hmm. I think that's shit. I think it would be... I put myself in that position. What if you canceled all of my shows yep. and I found out by you tweeting it? I would feel right. terrible. 
I would feel right. embarrassed is what I would feel. Now let me ask you this question. If you were to think of the top three commentators slash interviewers in WWE today, the top three, who would be in your top three? Now, wait, you said commentators? Slash interviewers. Slash commentators interviewers. slash interviewers. Um, commentator, if you count Mauro Ronaldo from NXT, there you go. Um, yep. Corey Graves when he's not forced to do some stuff. And after that, probably uh, Booker T or Charlie Caruso, because I think Charlie Caruso is getting to be a pretty good interviewer as well. I think Renee is for sure top three. I think she's top three on anybody's list. She might even be. I think yeah, she's she top three one. all time interviewers. Do you think that the company either they don't recognize the asset that she is, or they recognize it but they think they have her locked down because of Dean Ambrose? Like, what do you think? Maybe, maybe yeah. they do. But I know for a fact that um, that she has garnered interest from sports networks and oh, yeah. networks. I know she has. Yeah. Now, I want to talk about um, why it was canceled because uh, Dave Meltzer – and you know I respect Dave Meltzer and, and I listen to his stuff. Dave Meltzer said that the show was not doing good numbers. Uh, he said it's last week. It was ranked 18th out of 20 for network shows. I did some research uh, and granted the only rankings that I was able to find, the only ones that WWE seems to release are the on-demand numbers. They don't seem to release the live numbers. And so I suppose in theory, if you had the live numbers, it could skew it. But when looking up the on-demand numbers across various weeks from before they moved Talking Smack uh, and after they moved Talking Smack, it was always top five every yes. week. And so I think to myself, I think that the, the doing it because of the numbers, I think it's bullshit. It is. Uh, based Brian, on who I spoke to, it's absolute bullshit. That's, I think so. And Brian Alvarez made a comment. He said, uh, if Talking Smack had been doing big numbers, they wouldn't have moved it to accommodate 205 Live. I completely disagree with that nope. because they put so much into 205 Live. They had so much invested. They signed talent just for the Cruiserweight division that I think they were going to move it regardless. Uh, and then the other thing I want to note is uh, Jeff Hawkins on the Post Smackdown podcast this week, he said something about how this man probably looked at Talking Smack and thought, what's the point of this and where are they going and all that. I think he's giving this man too much credit. And I think that this man's uh, thought process was a lot more rudimentary than that. I think he thought as simply as they're sitting at a desk. They're not doing anything. And my top white meat baby face is, is suggesting that my son is drinking alcohol. I think it was something as rudimentary as that, and I think he made a one-off decision, and, and that was it. That's what I heard when I talked to people, and they said that Triple H wanted to keep it. Several right. higher-ups wanted to keep it. Right. But there were some people that were like, well, I'm okay with leaving the arena a little earlier now. but Because yeah. now some of these people can leave an hour and a half earlier as opposed right. to – because they do go for 205 Live. Uh, Talking Smack was the more flexible of show is what mm -hmm. I was told. Uh, they could move that. You're not going to get the crowd to sit there and wait for a half an hour after talking smack for these 205 Live matches. Absolutely right. Now, yeah. should they have just filmed – I don't know why they don't just film 205 Live before Raw. I don't yeah. get it. It would save them a ton of money no matter what. Yeah, and, and the, the cruiserweights, do they not work an extra day Yes, because of that? Some of them do. Some of them do yeah. when they're brought to yeah. Raw. Right, right. So, I, yeah, you're right. It would make more. I mean, I, I know, again, when I read Justin Roberts' book, there were weeks that he was putting in five or six days because they would need him on one show or the other show or, or whatever. 
Uh, and uh, the higher ups, they just don't they don't take that stuff into consideration. They don't think about, oh, he's going to have a day off this week to go home and, and do whatever he has to do and get back on the road. They just kind of do it, you know. So, yeah, I don't know, man. It's too bad. I like the show a lot. I uh, I know you've I talked about it. it already. You talked about it this week uh, and the freedom the guys had. Uh, Daniel Bryan clearly didn't give a shit and said whatever he wanted to say. That's what the fans, I think, are interested in is is the real Vince hated it. Vince hated it. He wants to, he wants everything to be scripted and he wants to control everything as right. best he can. And he was not keen on that. And that's a shame because right. it, it's well, and Daniel Bryan said it a few weeks ago. It needs to go more towards the talking smack way of thing than away from it. Because you're gonna I don't want to say ruin your business. You're gonna hurt your business. Now, will yep. he hurt it significantly by removing this show? Not necessarily, but if you script every single thing, it's gonna hurt. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, okay, tell me what you've heard about Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar is back in the USADA testing pool. That was done quietly. He is. I just found out. Yeah, I just got. That, Are you kidding? I just got that email while we were on this show. Yes. So wow. here's the situation. There were rumors that he would be fighting early November in Madison Square Garden. That ain't happening. If that happens, then then Lesnar got the ball rolling on this a long time ago. Because here's what happened. A lot of people are saying, well, his suspension is up. One of his suspensions are up. His Nevada State Athletic Commission or Nevada Athletic Commission suspension is up. But Nevada Athletic Commission really only tests fight night. His United States Anti-Doping Agency suspension is not up. Right. They are the third-party drug testing of UFC. He retired in January or February, I think, early February, mid to fe- early to mid February. Sorry about that. In order to not have them crawling up his ass, basically, right. because you have yeah. to list whereabouts, which where you are at all times. Elias Theodoru on our podcast has said that they climbed up the fire escape to test him one time, mm-hmm. so they get their test done, and he didn't want to deal with the hassle. You can interpret that any way you want. But when you do that, your suspension is frozen. And he had five months remaining on that suspension. And that suspension doesn't start uh, up again until you enter yourself in that pool. There's even more to this, too. There's what is called the Angela Hill rule now. And that's because of Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar last year, you hear a lot of people say, well, they'll give him an exemption again. No, they won't. Here's why Brock Lesnar got an exemption last year. He retired well before UFC brought USADA on. He never adri- agreed contractually to that USADA period. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. if Chuck Liddell, Hoist Gracie, uh, Randy Couture came back, they would not be subject to that mandatory four-month window that a lot of people, that uh, returning fighters have to undergo. Mm-hmm. However, if Uriah Faber, if Misha Tate, if they unretired and came back they have been under contract since ufc enacted it usada so they would have that four month window mm-hmm. last year a woman named angela hill was pulled from a fight because she had been fired and rehired by ufc and was out of that testing pool mm-hmm. and because they didn't want another lesnar situation they were like oh you gotta wait and she's like hold up i got fired that wasn't my fault i got fired so they waived that now. If you got fired by the UFC, you don't have to do that period. Brock voluntarily left. So that's another thing they have to have to worry about. Maybe they'll tack on another four months for all we know just to have mm-hmm. 
waited out. It's 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 a very touch and go situation. Also, his suspension would not be up in time for early November in MSG. But here's the thing: UFC has not announced a card for MSG yet. It is just mm-hmm. rumored they could push that back to late December, early January mm-hmm. if they want. Mm-hmm. You know something, Sean? There are times, man, when I have to pat myself on the back. And I have to say to myself, good job hiring Sean Ross App. Well, you know. There are times I have to do it. Because there are times when you have moments of brilliance like you just did. Yeah. Where it brings a tear to my eye a little bit that you... <laughs> good well, job, a, man. There, there's That's a good lot job. to this. And I had a lot of people, including people I respect. I was talking to Conrad Thompson about it on Twitter. And a lot of people were like... Well, they'll just they'll just waive it because USADA is a business and and the UFC wants to make money and I'm like it ain't that easy. USADA mm-hmm. is a third party testing thing and if they do that, imagine the Frank Mears and the Josh Barnett's yeah. and the Chad Mendezes that are going to immediately file suit. I would love to think. I mean, granted, you are right. Like money talks. Yeah. But you look at the UFC, and I don't want to turn this to an MMA podcast, but you, you look at the, the UFC and all of the talent they've already pissed off, uh, and they've already had guys jump ship to Bellator. If they did that exemption for Brock Lesnar, think about the backlash again from lower-level talent not making big money when Brock is clearly going to be the main eventer. Mm-hmm. So I, I agree with you. I think they're going to make him do it by the book. But it sounds to me like he's coming back again, man. Yes, I think he is, and he would be. it would be ridiculous if he didn't. Mm-hmm. For a couple of reasons. Okay, so the rumor is, which I've yet to confirm, that he was seen at UFC headquarters last week or the week before. Well, that's smart if he was, because that's when you get the, God damn it, pal, what was he doing in Las Vegas? Give him some more money. That's when you get that. His <laughs> when WWE, his new contract comes up, right. His WWE contract is up at the end of WrestleMania. Or WrestleMania. Right. Now, I've said long before, Jimmy, get that title off of him before then anyway, because... Uh-huh. We've seen an unmotivated Brock Lesnar with one match left on his contract. We've mm-hmm. also seen a Brock Lesnar walk away from New Japan with the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. We've seen Brock Lesnar go into a big fight, get popped for clomiphene. We've mm-hmm. seen the amount of fucks that Brock mm-hmm. Lesnar truly gives in some situations. But it, why wouldn't he fight? Yeah. Why wouldn't he fight? Now let me ask you this. Who would he fight? Here's what I've always said. Well, Wolverine? one... One, one, no, no, I no. don't think so. He could fight for the heavyweight title if they wanted him to. Yeah, he could. Straight up. Here's the thing. Cain Velazquez is getting a title shot maybe later this year. They haven't announced it yet. He's won one fight over the past four years. One fight. Yeah, but healthy Cain's going to kill Brock. Well, uh, not Cain. He'd face Stipe. I'm just saying, uh-huh. heavyweight's thin. I always said he should have fought Stefan Struve because... Uh-huh. If WWE wanted to, there are ways to spin that. Stefan mm-hmm. Shrove is seven feet tall. Mm-hmm. He's easy, and you to get... can't teach that, right, John? They well, could have totally sold if, that. If he loses, you know what Michael Cole will say if they even acknowledge it. Well, he got beat by the seven foot monster in UFC. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's that's just that's what they should do. And he's a really easy guy for Brock to get his hips underneath to take down or shoot a low single right. on a double on. There are ways to do that, but I absolutely think Brock Lesnar will fight. I do not think it will be in early November. I think it maybe will be December, January. But if USADA waves something, then Mm. you got a Chad Mendez who's suspended for two years for psoriasis cream who is going to be suing their asses off, and you better believe they'll do it. And a lot of people are saying, 
uh, UFC doesn't care about that. They will care about that because if they make if they set that precedent, they will absolutely have to lift uh, these suspensions, or right. they will get they'll get their asses sued. But yeah, oh, I would wow. expect to see Brock Lesnar back in the UFC because um, I mean he was making two flat fee two point five million plus a cut yep. of pay per view. Yeah, I think he lost a cut of the pay per view right because of the uh, test failure, but he got the flat fee right. I'm not privy to that. I'm not sure. I can't really remember back that far. I'll have to okay. look that up. But yeah, because they well, they would... get they get their fight money at the end of the night. I but think. let's let's be honest. This is a negotiating tactic for Brock Lesnar. That's why he's right. doing this. His contract's right. coming up. And right. what happened the last time his contract came up? Right. He started training camp. Yeah, that is exactly the last time what was was that the Ambrose match at Mania? I remember? No, that was the Reigns match. It was that the Reigns rain match. match. The first Reigns match because he was the champion. And he started – now, here's the thing. He's smart about this. He's doing this while he has the title. Right. right. And last time, if you remember, ESPN had him on thinking he was going to announce the UFC deal. Yes. And he said, I'm sticking with WWE. And The ESPN, reporter was like, what? ESPN, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. They got Michelle Beadle on there. Right. Um, awesome. Well, that will be very interesting. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Awesome. Do you want to go to uh, whichever interview? Because you always kind of uh, – Change it up on me. Whichever yeah, I had to remove the weird still image that you all put on the front of this Alex Riley thing. I spoke to Alex Riley, who had a nice role in Glow, which I watched. I enjoyed. My wife enjoyed it. Jimmy, you were like, meh, I've seen better. It's okay. It's okay. I enjoyed it's my it. opinion. I liked it. So I spoke to Alex Riley. You all are going to see several segments from him. Are we doing video segments next week, Jimmy? Yes. Okay. So we have it all set up, man. You and me together, we got it all set. And next week, you guys, the return of the bro, Matt Riddle. Let's check out go. this uh, conversation I had with Alex Riley about how he got into acting. I watched right. the entire Glow series. I really enjoyed it. Uh, my wife and I really liked the show. How did that come about with you? Um, well, I had uh, I had come to pretty much the end of a ten-year uh, career with WWE. Um, we obviously had a little bit of uh, some creative differences. I just put it that way. And uh, I always wanted to give Hollywood a shot. You know, I, I uh, when when Dusty Rhodes was hired in FCW, I it was the first time they really instituted a, a promo class and things that you could do that uh, reminded me of of acting classes that I used to take back in uh, in high school and kind of some of the things my brother would would. Uh, would get me into when he was out at UCLA. Um, so I very much enjoyed it. Uh, I thought I had a, uh, I thought I had a decent aptitude for it. I was, I was, I wasn't great by any means uh, to start, but I think I, I picked up, uh, I enjoyed the backstage segments, things like that. So when it, um, when me and the WWE decided to part ways, I, I was fortunate enough to get some immediate attention out in Hollywood from a manager um, a manager agent type of guy. And, uh, and I was, I was a little hesitant at first, uh, because Hollywood is a, uh, you know, the WWE is, is a shark tank and, and Hollywood is pretty much just a bigger shark tank. Uh, but he was, he was great. He's been great from the start. Um, so I went ahead and I, I believe it must only been about a month or a month and a half right after the WWE signed with him. And, and then the glow opportunity came two or three weeks later across his desk and uh, I, I, I did a tape. I, I auditioned for it, and that night I heard I got it. So it was, uh, it was, it was, it was. Timing was it was eerie in a way, you know, to go from. 
and I wouldn't call it a low. I, I feel like I had a really good career at WWE, and it, it had 10 years, certainly had taken its toll on my body. I needed a little bit of a rest. Uh, but for it to be that type of role that quickly after um, we had decided to part ways was kind of, uh, it, it was pretty cool. And it made me think that, you know, maybe this, you know, is, is the path that I, I really should be on. And I, I packed everything up, and, and now I'm talking to you from Hollywood, California. So, How long were you on set? Oh God, with uh, with Glow. Yeah, I was there for three days total. Um, they had signed me for a week, and I was there for three days. But the only day that I was doing anything on camera was the third day, so one day. Uh, the other two days, I kind of the, the one day I showed up just on my own to try to get a feel for things, to watch the way they did uh, did television. Um, to get a feel for the director and the producers and, and meet people, uh, get, get in front of Chavo, who was there uh, working out, uh, working the girls out and uh, teaching them to become professional wrestlers, uh, which was fantastic to see him. I didn't expect to see him. Uh, so it was a, it was a, there was a bunch of friendly faces there, which was, it was a, I, I say this all the time, it was, a, it was the perfect transition into the acting world um, because I did have a couple friends that were on the set and it was a show that was kind of about wrestling. So something that I knew, uh, on that end. And then I had to pick up very quickly all of the other things, the, the, this, uh, small nuances of acting and, and all that stuff, which was just a ton of fun. Yeah. There are several familiar faces at Carlito, at Tyrus, also known as Brodus Clay, Karma, also known as Awesome Kong. She had a yeah. really big role there. Uh, I know you said you, you were surprised to see Chavo. Did you know that any of those other people had been cast before you saw them on set? Well, I didn't see it. The only person I believe I did see on set was, was Chavo um, and uh, Mr. Monopoly. <laughs> the, rest, the rest I did not. I, I, uh, I, I knew later that, uh, that Nitro, Nitro, uh, John Morrison got um, a cast in it and, and as well Brodus, but Brodus is actually, Brodus is doing fantastic. He's kind of back and forth between, uh, New York and, uh, and here. Does some um, stuff for Fox news as well. Yeah. He's great. Yeah. That's what I mean. He's, he's, he's working for Fox news out of New York and he's, he, I, he's, I'm so happy for him. He was always a, a great dude. And I always thought he was very talented and he's great on, uh, I think he's doing Greg Guffield. Is it yeah. Guffield? Yeah. So, uh, he's, and I, and I, I'll watch Fox News here and there and catch him, and it, 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 uh, I'm very happy for him. So really the only person I saw was Chavo, but we spent the entire morning reliving uh, the times that I was very green in the ring and was <laughs> doing things that I shouldn't have done. And, and he told me some story, or told uh, the girls some stories uh, out loud with me standing there that weren't, weren't too flattering. Um, but uh, a great guy, man. I was just a great guy to see and – and uh, and he actually also helped choreograph the uh, the my wrestling segment on the show the the Steel Horse and, and Mr Monopoly segment um, and there were things that you know we we were trying that we wanted to do and uh, and the, and, the, and the most the greatest part I think the, the smartest part about uh, the day and how that the uh, the director and the producers have have attempted glow and it's it's come off as at least with me and, and, and Chavo, they kind of just let it, left it up to us, the, the, the choreography of it. Do, do you want to hit a spine muscle? You know, you know they, they kind of, they, they were, would admit that, um, you know, we have an idea, but you guys are the pros at this, so why don't you 
give it a shot, and then we'll just tell you if we like it or not, and we'll just keep moving. So that was a great experience to be able to go out there and just kind of pull Chavo aside and, and have some fun with it and see how much – uh, we could kind of get them, uh, get the director into it, and, and how much? Because there was a there was a crowd there, and uh, and they did react to different things uh, all day long. So that, that was that, that was cool. It was a lot of fun. Alex told me that, or Kevin now, as he's known, hasn't taken any bookings since uh, leaving WWE. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know what? He's he's the package, right? I mean, he's he's got the look. He's a down to earth guy, very well spoken, educated. Um, I hope he does well. You know, it's it, it's funny when when I was listening to uh, his interview years ago, Hollywood did not think highly of pro wrestling. Uh, they yeah. kind of frowned upon it, right? And so even a guy like Hulk Hogan, who is arguably the the biggest name in the history of wrestling, aside from Rocky Three, which he got before he was a major star, he mostly got low budget B movies for the yeah. most. Uh, because the major studios wouldn't really touch them for their major productions, and I've, Roddy Piper, Roddy Piper did a little bit of stuff, and Jesse Ventura and Terry Funk, but the opportunities were limited. Now you're seeing a lot more opportunity for wrestling people in TV and movies. I wonder how PWG fans feel that Alex Riley now has the most famous match in Rosita because that was <laughs> that was at their venue, or Joey Ryan for that matter. Well, I'm sure they don't care about Joey Ryan. He's he was a PWG regular. Somebody says I'm rocking an NXT shirt. Nice. No, I'm not. It's <laughs> on it. Thank you. My boys at on it hooked your boy up. Sean, I got to tell you a story, man. You never tell stories. No. Uh, well, this isn't about me. This is, and actually, you already are aware of this, but I want you yeah. to pretend like you're not. Okay. Uh, I want to talk about how people sometimes do questionable things. And I think are you, our are you listeners talking about that guy you knew who talked about doing coke off of a stripper's ass. Uh, no. Really uh, hope not. when we're in Toronto next week, my wife doesn't tell the story about how we snorted coke off of strippers' asses all those times. So long, so long as you stay away from Niagara, you'll be all right. Uh, I looked but, that up. Uh, you made it sound like that was an hour drive. It's like two and a half hours. No, it's not. Yeah. No, it's not. Well, I mean, not in maybe, your helicopter. It's not. Maybe if you're maybe if you're doing the crab walk backwards. It'll take you two and a half hours. Otherwise, it's not that bad. Uh, so people sometimes do questionable things. Kevin Owens, right? And I'm not talking about Kevin Owens. I'm talking about Fightful.com visitors, some of them. So there was a, uh, a rumor that nude photos leaked of Kevin Owens, yeah. right? And Kevin Owens debunked it. And anybody that knows him, I mean, he's a family man and two young kids and he doesn't party and... So it's it's not surprising that he would debunk it and that it's not true, right? Mm-hmm. Alex Palowski uh, did a story for Fightful. The subject was, sorry, everyone, those leaked, fo- those leaked nudes aren't photos of Kevin Owens, right? Um, here's where people do questionable things. Alex's story did big traffic on Fightful.com. Yes. And my team, I have a team that does our media buying and SEO and all that. My team looked into the keywords associated with that traffic. Right, yeah. they found that the top keyword uh, was Kevin Owens nudes. Right oh. now, here's where it gets a little scary. They also discovered that that traffic had a high bounce rate. Do you know what that means? It means people show up to the page, they then they then they immediately leave. They don't stick around on the page. They showed up to the page. They discovered that the nude photos of Kevin Owens that they were looking for aren't there, and they disappeared. And you all, were, you, like, you all were like, 
oh, that's a high bounce rate. And I'm like, sorry, we couldn't get the hypothetical Kevin Owens dick pics. They don't exist. And even if they did, we ain't posting them. But can you believe that, though, that people were searching Kevin Owens nudes and then by the thousands they came in and they weren't there and psh, gone. Well, when you ask, can I believe it, did you see the tweet that I had earlier this week about WWE being warned about? Yes. Okay. Based on the responses that I got from that, yes, I can absolutely believe it because that's that's all that was I, – I regret – like, I mean, I, I had to mention something because it was told to me. I mean, but – Everybody's like, is it Paige? Is it Alexa? Ho, ho, ho. Hey, guys, it's not a female. Mm-hmm. It's several males, just so you guys know. So put your I mean, with, dicks up. With all, due, <laughs> with all due respect to Kevin Owens, because you know I'm a big fan of Kevin Owens, he's kind of like the Jack Black of WWE. Mm-hmm. And yet people by the thousands are searching, searching out his nude photos. It's unbelievable, Have man. Have you ever seen Zach and Mary make a porno? Years ago, Seth Rogen, right? Yeah. Years ago. And yeah. Seth Rogen brought up a good point. He was like, I would watch anybody that I know screw. Right. So I think that's that's a thing. Like, people see on... You know my favorite TV. line from that movie, Sean? What's that? My favorite line from that movie is, she frosted me like a fucking cake. My favorite was, the quarterback, Rolf burger. <laughs> I was a fan of that. Uh, I want to talk about a report on Fightful.com oh. about the about the May Young Classic. Yeah. And according to this report, uh, I don't know who the writer was, but it was probably some nobody named Sean Ross Sapp. According oh. to that report, the higher-ups in WWE, and I'm going to go ahead and assume that it was Vince McMahon and Kevin Dunn, but the higher-ups in WWE weren't happy with the May Young Classic was tournament. was a report from your boy, and I told people to not post that. Oh, so it's not true? Well, it's... okay. Here's is it or the isn't thing, it? Jimmy? Here's the thing, Jimmy. That is a very broad thing. I- I'm trying to think of how to approach this. One, whoever posted that, I must have been out while that was posted because I said, don't fucking post that. So are you telling me that 10 minutes after I just put you over for the Brock coverage, now you're showing me that you did a shit job all of a sudden? No, Alex was editing wrestling one day. Maybe it was him. I'll throw him under the bus because I said don't post that to whoever it was. Okay. You could say that about anything. You could Mm -hmm. say that a couple of higher-ups in WWE think Big Cass is too short. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow. <laughs> I could really use Current. (laughs) I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. A couple of higher-ups in WWE think that AJ Styles has the best hair ever. Right, so you want to get clarification of who it is. I want to get clarification of who it is. Uh, Right. I know that it was... I know that some think that, but that's a mentality that has existed all along. The... Well, some of these women aren't hot enough type of thing. Well, okay. 
Sure, that mentality's existed for a long time, but did it keep the tournament from happening? No. Well, here was here was my thoughts when I when I heard the story, and if it's not true, then that's fine. But my thought was one year ago they were touting the women's revolution, mm-hmm. and with all due respect to uh, Charlotte, Sasha Banks, Becky Lynch, and Bailey, they are not Sable, right? And they did not get over because they look like Sable. They got over because of their in ring work. And so when I heard this story, I thought, why would they have that problem when a year ago they were putting over the women's revolution? It, it didn't make sense to me, but it, it sounds like from what you're telling me, maybe it's not quite true. Well, I don't know. I don't, it's not that I don't think it's untrue. It's just what did it end up mattering? Yeah, it, it shouldn't. At all. It shouldn't. It's like a... Remember you and I were talking a couple weeks ago, and I, I can't recall the lovely way that you put it. You said something like guys – can get off with porn or something and they I can't recall how you worded it I didn't say that but yeah you in did anyway I said that dudes didn't have access to porn at the click of a mouse the way they do now 20 years ago when right. sable was out there and right. she had and sunny and all, all over and sunny right. like for some dudes that was where they went to see hot women that's just right. it yeah, you're right, and and you know somebody like uh, Charlotte, because I, I personally think Charlotte is the best in the company among the women. Uh, I would rather watch her do her thing in the ring than look at her nude photos, because she's an exceptional talent in the ring. That's just my personal opinion. So when I heard that they didn't think the girls were hot enough, I, I thought that defeats the purpose of why you're doing this. Yeah, you know. So okay, and yeah, I want to touch upon that, but maybe uh, maybe Fightful, you know, wasn't quite accurate on that story. It was a report. If we put report on there, it's something that we haven't personally verified. Right, right. Okay. Um, Jinder Mahal. Jinder Mahal uh, was interviewed by India Today. He ain't got did. creative control. He's you so heard that, full right? of shit. Right? We published the story, Jimmy. Okay, no, so so the people that might not have read it, Jinder Mahal claimed to India Today that he has creative control, but that this man gives him advice and ideas. And I read that and I thought to myself, clearly he misunderstands the difference between creative input and creative control. Yes. Because is Jinder Mahal going to go to Vincent Mann and say, no, I'm not putting Randy Orton over? Uh-uh. I don't think that's happening. And what do you think would happen if Jinder Mahal did go to Vincent Mann and say, I'm not putting Randy Orton over? What do you think would happen? He's putting Randy Orton over. And if he has creative control, I want to know why he's cut the same promo for two months. I agree. I agree. And you know, uh, I think you were talking to Hawkins about talking smack, and some guys kind of embraced the freedom, and some guys didn't. And Jinder was one of the guys that didn't. He was one of the guys that went on talking smack and still did the same kind of character stuff. So It was uh, was all, I work so hard. I work really hard. I work hard. (laughs) I get it. I get it. You work hard. Cool, man. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, okay, this is an interesting one. I want your take on this one. Sports Illustrated Online, uh, dated July 17, reported that Rey Mysterio was entertaining offers from WWE and Global Force Wrestling. And like two days later, I think it happened today, Karen Jarrett posted a picture on Instagram of her and Rey Mysterio. Uh, my, my first question for you is, is this, is this even a story in 2017? No, because it won't happen until 2018, if it even does happen. But is, is Rey Mysterio uh, of note anymore? Is he newsworthy anymore? No. I don't think so either. No. Uh, his, his work was getting not good 
in WWE, his last run, he was often, unfortunately, uh, his condition wasn't there. And, I mean, he got suspended for taking fat burners one time. His knees are shot. Yeah, his, his knees are shot, unfortunately. Uh, could he be brought in, like you put him on a WrestleMania card, and is he is he a value? Yeah, he is. Or SummerSlam, right. or NXT TakeOver. You want to get somebody over big time right. on NXT TakeOver. You put him against Rey Mysterio and say, Rey, give me one one big one, one big match here. I right. think there is value in him uh, for his body. Uh, Global Force, probably the best option there but he's still right. got a long he's still got a way on that lucha underground contract because the way those are set up but that being said his may be different than others because he is Rey mysterio and right. alberto el patron got one of those special deals too right right yeah i mean i i understand the interest because wwe since he left they've been trying to reestablish a star for the hispanic market and they've tried alberto and they've tried sin cara and they've tried callisto and none of them worked so i can understand that they wanted grab that star but uh like you said unless they use him on a limited basis he's too injury prone and the guy that people remember from 20 years ago or 15 years ago that could do the 619 and all that aerial stuff it's not quite the same anymore by the way got a message from my associate editor listening to the list in your boy i never wrote that story never saw it never edited don't think it even made the site jimmy must have seen it somewhere else and conflated it with us uh i saw it on the site I saw it on the site. Yeah. This is me no, there's no the mic because I yeah, don't want to drop no, my real mic because it'll yeah. mess up the podcast. There's no mic drop because I saw it on the site. So you have to find me that link. You have to find me that link. I told you all I would do is I would go to I would go to I would filter by wrestling and then I would look at stories to pick out for the show. <sighs> look it up, that. Sean. Look don't it up, man. That. Don't know about that. Look it up. Do you what think else I just you got one? It? You know what? The, a perfect segue since you're being one. Look at it! You caught it! You caught Did it! it? That is, you all caught me being abused as an employee. <laughs> you Did saw it, really? it? Awesome. That's awesome if it did. Oh, somebody screenshot that and sent it to me. <laughs> you are going to lose your citizenship in Canada. They do not allow that there. No, because I'll tell them I was doing that to an American. They'll be like, oh, you're good. You're good. You're one of us. No, they don't They don't allow it. They don't allow it. Because <laughs> Canadians are too nice. Somebody asked so- if Jimmy can see your comments. I'm the producer, you guys. I kind of I handle any comments of note. I'll read yeah, I can't see him. He has to read them. I do have somebody that sends me them after, so I get to see them all later. But not right now. Uh, first off, thanks to Trevor Strong for the for the stupid song. TrevorStrong.org. Check him out. Are you ready for the stupid people of the week, Sean? Yes. July eight. It was reported by WSB Television in Atlanta that a thirty year old woman named Colleen Walker was arrested after she left her five-year-old boy in a hot car for reportedly 30 minutes. Now, fortunately, the boy was all right. He was in distress, but he was saved. And as a parent myself, it boggles the mind that year after year, people are warned, don't leave children in in the car because of the weather, don't leave animals in the car because of the weather. And year after year, kids and animals are dying because of these people. But here's where this was a, a really stupid story. While she was being driven to jail in the back of the patrol car, she complained to the police officer, and what did she say, Sean? That it was too hot. 
that it was too hot. Oh, son of a bitch. Like, yep. okay, you know, I'm, I'm not a big fan of kids and all that stuff, but you don't leave your pets, your kids, anybody in a hot car. Mm-hmm. You don't do it. No, absolutely not. I mean, imagine the, the it's, it's not just a, can lead to death. It's a painful death. It's a torturous death. And again, the father of two kids, ah, I, I can't fathom it, what, what you know, kids have to go through. Anyway, uh, let's move on. So July 13th, Mashable.com reported that a young woman visiting an art gallery in Los Angeles caused $200,000 worth of damage when she knocked over a display while attempting to take a selfie. Ooh. They had different stands. With, I saw the video, different stands with art, and it was like a domino effect. She bumped one, and they went da 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 like that. And here's where this was really interesting. On May 1st, the LA Times previewed the exhibit, and the writer, a woman by the name of Carolina A. Miranda, the title of her article was, Oh, the selfies you'll make at LA's 14th factory where the art is so social. This reminds me of a time when I was a youngster, I worked at a grocery store. And it was Memorial Day weekend. And I remember that me and the other bag boy were playing a game to see who could say wiener the most before somebody would notice it. Because it's Memorial Day weekend. (laughs) I would say, I've never seen so many wieners go in and out of one place at the same time. So I'm I'm in the back. And they brought in a ton of soda. Because, you know, Memorial Day weekend. The genius Pepsi guy, or whoever the hell set him up, set him up in like a cube, like a a C-shaped set of walls, but it was hollow inside. Only me and the other bag boy who would stock this stuff knew they were hollow inside. We go to the inside of it. Some doofus on the other end goes and leans on the, the, the wall of soda, thinking that it's solid. A wall of 24 packs falls down. Uh and I'm rummaging around, and I feel like way more than two hundred thousand dollars worth of damage was done to my emotional state. <laughs> You're lucky you weren't injured because those can be heavy, right? I'm pretty sure I got a concussion. I didn't know oh, yeah. what a concussion really was back then. Right, right. It was equal parts horrifying and fucking hilarious. Yeah. Well, there you go. Well, that happened. And the last one, and this is a good one. And I, I when I saw this one, I had to wonder if it took place uh, anywhere near Lexington, Kentucky. Uh, I shouldn't say that because that's generalizing. The uh, registered guard in Oregon reported that a 27-year-old mother of two named Alana Nicole Donahue uh, was charged with three counts of reckless endangerment in Springfield, Oregon, after witnesses took pictures of her towing her kids plus a third child in a plastic wagon that she tied with a rope to the back of her car. And witnesses claim – I can't see. you got to move it over. Awesome. Thanks awesome. to the infamous Charles, who I had awesome. lunch with a few weeks ago, by the way. Shout That's a valuable photo. Valuable photo. Make sure you hold on to that. I'm listening. So anyway, Sorry. witnesses claim that she was driving at speeds up to 30 miles per hour with a plastic wagon tied to her back bumper. Sounds like a good time. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Sounds like- yeah. Right. And apparently at one point, uh, the wagon had come up on its back two wheels. Because the speed. Hell yeah. So they were Dukes of Hazarding this shit. They were Dukes of Hazarding, well, yeah. that's the two side wheels. I did that with a lawnmower the first time I drove one. Of course you did. I wouldn't expect anything less. I can't believe so you didn't you talk about the, the R. Kelly situation. 
Uh, yeah, yeah, but that's being discredited a little he bit. Had, that's he not had a cult of women. He's probably peeing on them and stuff. Like it's being discredited, though, man. Is it? Damn. Yeah, yeah. Like like one of the girls claims that her dad introduced them, uh, and she did a video where she was just sitting in a park. Sure, she did a lot of videos. <laughs> All What's right. the weather like in Toronto le- next week? Let, let's peep this out. It's hot today. Is I it? haven't checked. So yeah, it's hot today. See, I'm gonna bring. I gotta bring at least a pair of pants, like a long pants, just because you never know. I might get hit with a snowstorm <laughs> in the middle of Toronto. Yes, yes, in the middle in late July, that might yeah. happen. Yeah. yeah. Now here's my question. This. Here's yep. my question. Will the dome be open or closed? Well, let's if find that. Rain. out. Yeah, if it doesn't rain, it'll be open. Let's find that out. When when's the game? Thursday. Thursday. It's looking good. Zero percent chance of participation. or precipitation. <laughs> participation. Yeah, that's how I feel. Some days when I want to go work for Jimmy, I'm like, sorry, Jimmy. Zero percent chance of participation today. Yeah, right. <laughs> it just ain't right. happening. Oh, is is that on the day when you're the prettiest girl in the dance again? When you tell me I need more stories like Kevin Owens nude, I'm like, sorry, zero percent pop there. so did you uh, i want to get your thoughts on something yeah and this is a business thing but i want your thoughts so eric bischoff on a recent episode of his podcast called bischoff on wrestling he said that he thinks that wwe will someday move raw and smackdown to the wwe network and i want to read you a quote he said that's a lot of television licensing revenue to walk away from but once the network reaches a critical mass that will support that decision, I'm almost certain that that is what we will see. Now, I did a little bit of math, Sean. I can crunch some numbers when I want to. Yeah. And uh, Q1 of 2017, which is the latest period that WWE has reported their numbers for so far, they said they had 1.49 million paid subscribers. Their rights fees internationally pay about 200 million uh, per year. So if you do the math based on 999, and I know that some countries are a little bit more and some countries are a little bit less, but if you take 999 on average, they would need to add about 1.67 million new paid subscribers to offset the loss of those TV rights, meaning that they would have a total paid subscribership of 3.2 million. I do not see that happening. No, nope. I just don't. Uh, they, this is the same as it's always been. TV promotes the, the pay per whatever. Pay yes. per network, pay per view. It is not only is it advertising; it's advertising that they get paid for. Not only do they get paid for, but it makes up the majority of of their their basic income. Like it's like you always hear about the stuff. People are like off season, off season. I'm like that doesn't work. Yep. It's not the way it works. They got it's constant promotion. Uh, I don't think they'll ever move. Will they add more shows to the network? Well, hell, maybe until Vince McMahon watches them. And yep. then cancels them. They will what are these move? little people doing on Tuesday nights? <laughs> they won't move unless they have no choice. Exactly. And and I think their deal is up in 2019, and they might be in for a rough go when that deal's but up. The thing is, they'll have a choice. They'll oh, they will. To, they'll have to decide, do we want to settle for less? That's right. Yeah. Uh, by the That's way, right. Ryan Satin, I want to point out, uh, pointed out that under WWE policies uh, – only uh, the only thing that can that will happen to Paige is if she gets arrested or convicted. That's the only way that the the domestic right. violence thing is is violated for WWE. But yeah, uh, do you remember back in the day when 
TNA Wrestling was in between Fox Sports, whatever, the local affiliates, yep. and Spike TV. They yep. ran on, like, like the internet. Like, basically, mm-hmm. QuickTime, a real player, you would have to download the stuff on. Mm-hmm. WWE, if they were in a real bind, could do that and might pick up... Honestly, they pick up thousands of subscribers along the way. But... Mm. If yeah, I they're not going to make that up. If I they're were them, I'd be doing specials like they're doing with the May Young Classic. They're targeting niche audiences with a lot of these. Right. Uh, just like UFC did with Invicta. They're like, hey, there are a lot of weirdos out there that only watch women's MMA. Like a lot of right. weirdo dudes that only watch women's wrestling and don't watch anything else. Yeah. We're going to grab that niche while we're at it. There are a lot of people who only like the indie style of wrestling. Mm-hmm, we'll mm-hmm. go at NXT. How about 205 Live? They're, they're, I, I like the way that they do things in that regard. I think that uh, the Young Bucks, as an example, have proven that the hardcore wrestling fan is willing to spend the money. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think most of the network subscribers are that kind of fan. But I think the question is, are there 3.2 million of them around the world? And I don't know, man. That's, I think that's going to be a challenge. My question for you is, when is Virgil going to turn on you and join the NWO and have an NWO shirt on behind you? You want me to get that done? I think that would be cool. Now, don't forget, James Ellsworth is not wearing that T-shirt. What? I've told you this in the past. He's not wearing that T-shirt. What you? What, I'm confused. Like I know you put <laughs> it on him. Yeah, we had to uh, basically like staple or or clip it around, and we had to cut the shirt all up and kind I, of wrap it around. I finally ordered a cup. I fo- I finally ordered one of those. Did you? Yeah, I got to expense that on my next pay, by the way. So but, I'm basically giving you commission on your own purchase. Yeah, but I mean, I, I just got it to work out in. It's really. Oh, there you go. There you go. That's good. Uh, have you heard about Chris Cyborg and Becky Lynch? Yeah. So uh, without going into detail, I wrote down all the tweets, but I'm not going to bother. They're drumming they, up publicity. Uh, what's that? They're just drumming up publicity. You don't think they might try to put that together? A fight or a wrestling match? Wrestling match. Well, to be honest, if they did a fight, it'd be the biggest payday of... Uh, Cyborg's career. Yeah, they're not going to do that. But they're not going to do that. Uh, no. Becky, Becky Lynch dates UFC fighter Luke Sanders, who's actually a good fighter. But yeah, it's Cyborg trying to drum up some publicity for a WWE run. She wants to be a wrestler. I I spoke to her earlier this year, and she said she would mm-hmm. love to do some more wrestling. Mm-hmm. Uh, she trained a little bit with Raquel, who some of you may know as Gabby from Tough Enough 2015, I believe it was. And she didn't look too terrible, especially with somebody who was as inexperienced as Gabby. Mm-hmm. I think it's a good move. And WWE has their eye on the MMA talent. I mean, Shayna Baszler in the Mae Young Classic. They had the four horsewomen there, including yep. Ronda Rousey at the Mae Young Classic. Yep, and I was going to bring that up too. Uh, uh, well, I, I guess the first question is, do you think that that angle, if they were to do it, if they were to do Ronda Rousey's Four Horsewomen versus Charlotte's Four Horsewomen, would that have as much legs, given that Ronda Rousey got killed in her last two fights and her stars kind of dropped? Not as much as it would have before, no. I wrote a storyline out that Shayna Baszler and several of the Horsewomen tweeted out. Like I thought that the Horsewomen versus Total Divas thing would mm-hmm. have been brilliant because it would have been like counterculture. You had the tough, badass women against the women who were portrayed as like you know, prancing around, yada, yada. If I were WWE and I were to do it, I would try to team up Cyborg with somebody who is good in the ring. Like I I mentioned before, I thought they should have done Natalia, Lana, and Tamina against Naomi, Karma, and Allison Brie from Glow. 
capitalize mm-hmm. off that. You can use the whole feel the glow horse shit and tie that all in. Put Ronda Rousey with a girl who can work. Put Chris Cyborg with a girl that can work and do what the UFC couldn't do and give them, give the people, R- Rousey Cyborg in a ring. That right. would be, I, hey, I thought Mayweather McGregor was going to happen in a WWE ring before it would a boxing ring. So mm-hmm. you can mm-hmm. you can never really guess what will happen, but... The crossover seems to be where it's at these days. I think so, and I and and I realize that you know, like we talked about, this man wants to control everything. But I think going back to Becky and Cyborg, uh, there's enough real life elements they could incorporate. Because like you talked about, Becky's boyfriend is a UFC fighter. Cyborg's boyfriend is uh, what's his name, Ray Elby, who is not only a former fighter but he was the broken penis guy. Remember that broken penis guy. Yeah, remember the guy that claimed that he broke his penis having sex? Yeah, I do. That was him. God, that was like five years ago. That was Cyborg's boyfriend. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Think about the, you know, incorporating all that, Sean. That's a whole other element if they did that. Man, I forgot all about that. That was that guy. Yeah, like her, I her wish ex-husband. I, did you ever see where he got his skull caved in by MVP's knee? I did see that. I did see that. Yeah. Now, do you think that Cyborg would be a draw in WWE? She's, it's, not, a draw, you know, she's not a draw in MMA, Jimmy. Yeah, not really. No, no. That's the thing. But but hey, here's the thing, Jimmy. Brock Lesnar was not necessarily a draw in pro wrestling, mm-hmm. uh, and became a big one in the UFC. So you really never know. And a lot of people will be like, what are you talking about? He was champion. He didn't draw that well. Look mm-hmm. at his WrestleMania pay-per-view numbers when he and Angle headlined. It didn't It didn't work out too well. Yeah, I mean, he was clearly no Stone Cold, that's for sure. Yeah. But, yeah. but hey, yeah. he, he went and did some things and got there. Right. Yeah. Do you want to uh, throw it to the next one? Yeah, I spoke to Vince Russo, the return of bro number... Actually, we got bros all over the show. I can't even use that term. We got like... DDP and Riddle and Russo. And you better believe if Zack Ryder gets fired, we're getting him too. The Riddle video. Oh, dude. Did a good job on that, right? Wait till you all see that video intro, guys. You're going to love it. I spoke Uh to Vince Russo about modern-day promos and something that some of our chat will like. Heal SRS. You know I'm sexy. We are back with the one, the only, Vincent Russo. Vince, what's your middle name? James. Vincent James Russo. Sean, I've heard a couple things about you the last couple days. Oh, have you? Yeah, let's get to the skinny. Uh, I heard, number one, you're trying to grow your hair out, and I'm seeing that. Is that true? Are you going to let your hair grow long, or is it going to get to that awkward stage and you're going to get a cut? Well, I would say it's already at the awkward stage, but yes, I am. And who told you this? Somebody somebody online told me that you, you're thinking of growing the hair out, and I like the idea of that, bro. I think you should grow the hair out. And here's number two. Somebody told me I had to have this conversation with you, Okay. Somebody was telling me, like, you know, on fight, uh, on, on Fightful, you know, you interview uh-huh. a lot of people. I always put you over, bro. I say you're very good at your job. You know, I'm a big fan of yours. But people have told me that depending on who you interview, sometimes you go heel and sometimes you go baby face, depending on who you're interviewing. And, bro, they're telling me to tell you 
They want Sean Ross Sapp to go full-fledged heel. That's that's what I'm getting from my camper. They want you to go full-fledged heel, bro. What's the problem? Well, Vince, it's it's the shades of gray situation. I can't I can't just go full heel for no reason. What am I going to do? Come out there like every WWE promo, unprompted without an interviewer, and say, "All you people." Every single uh, week, like all these guys do. Is that what I'm going to do? Is, it, isn't that brutal? That, like we always used to talk about that when I worked. You know, just the cheap heat. It seems like that's the only promo nowadays, man. It's it's brutal. It's brutal. It upsets me. It upsets me. What also upsets me, and I want your, your thoughts on this. A thing that I preach every week, I think it's a little corny to have a guy just walk out there with a single microphone and be like, this is my problem with this guy. It sounds kind of eighth grade to me. Like, oh, it's, it's, who it's, asked it's, you? It's, who asked you, man? Yeah. That's why Gene yeah. there. It, Sean, it's so dumbed down. And, and and I'm telling you, bro, that's a big advantage we had, Ed Ferrara and myself. Bro, we worked with the talent. The talent was a huge part of the process. I don't think we could have done our job well if we weren't working hand-in-hand hand with the talent. Every talent was individual. you know, an individual – Every talent knew their character better than we did, and we gave them the freedom to go out there and get over. And, you know, you're right, bro. When I watch the shows now, I'm like, man, it's so elementary. Every promo sounds just like Vince McMahon. And, you know, I mean, it is what it is, bro, you know? Another one of my pet peeves is when they re-ask the question that was just asked to them. They'll right. be like... Baron Corbin, what are your feelings on the attack from Shinsuke Nakamura? And he'll immediately go, what are my feelings? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's so elementary. It's just it's just very elementary, man. That's all. You know what's heartbreaking? They have Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather doing that, that format on their press tour right now where they just walk up and start talking. No reporters ask them questions. You don't have a Renee Young or a Gene Okerlund saying, why do you feel this way? So no matter what they say, it seems obnoxious and pretentious and brought on. Like the way that I was able to enjoy what so many wrestlers said in decades past, they were asked why they felt that way. They weren't just coming out and bitching about it. They weren't coming out and, well, this is why I feel this way. Here's a, here's a still photo from the, the pay-per-view that I can't show. Yeah, the, the the most disappointing thing to me, Sean, is like everybody in the wrestling business, and I'm talking about the United States, bro. I don't watch New Japan. I'm I'm not interested in that. There's enough wrestling here in the states. I don't I don't go outside of the states. That's that's you know my option. But the disappointment comes with the failure to try something new, bro. Like, honestly, we've seen this model over and over and over again. And, you know, the people that make the decisions are just so afraid to experiment and try new things. And that's that's the uh, that's the disappointing thing to me more than anything, bro. What do you think about promo delivery today? Because it's it's something that I harp on all the time. I hate it. I think a lot of them are so unnatural. A yeah. lot of – there are just so many times I'm like, people don't act like that. Yep. I mean, we've talked about this before. The thing I hate the most is that they're scripted word for word. And I hate it. And they I don't know why they started doing it. I mean, maybe they just wanted the characters to go in the direction that they dictated. I mean, they should go back to bullet points. 
And uh, I think that's one of the, and we've talked about this before about how you could look when they started implementing that, whatever it was, 10 years ago, whatever, and you could see how things slowly eroded because they started doing that. And um, I hate being negative and critical of Vince McMahon all the time because he's an easy target for wrestling fans. But the fact of the matter is, he's going to be 72 next month, Sean. Right? 70, 72. My grandma is like his age. Yeah, what what business does Vince McMahon have? And I realize he owns the company or he's the major stockholder. What business does Vince McMahon have uh, deciding the creative direction of a major international entertainment company at 72 years of age? It's, I don't know. He he has taken a reduced role. He's not at TV as much, but to be honest, I think he should be in a consulting capacity. I mean, the buck still stops with him, you know? Hunter Hunter still has to you know get the, the the approval from Vince on stuff, and it's it's difficult. It is what it is. We just have to deal with it. I mean, I still love pro wrestling, and this is why you kind of tolerate questionable decisions because I still love great storytelling, and I still love great promos, and I still love great matches, uh, and we do still get that. It's not like raw shit every week. We get that, but a lot of questionable decisions are made, and a lot of shitty promos are cut, and it's because of the way that they want things to be done. Triple H and a lot somebody says Triple H gets way too much credit. Guys, Triple H is spearheading a lot of the expansion and the the forward thinking, which is funny. It's what I what I always thought was like the Jeff Jarrett way of things. If he books himself, questionable. Right. If right. he books other things, I'm like, man, okay. This a lot of what I've seen isn't so bad. Vince didn't doesn't necessarily care for the expansion. He wanted to stick with what he made big. And Triple H is looking at this and saying, "Well, the world has changed since the '80s. Absolutely, everything is different. Absolutely, everything but everything is different. I think a big part of it too is that Hunter was a wrestling fan, and and you know I don't know if Vince necessarily was. I mean, he was a promoter's kid." James, think about this. You remember Forrest Griffin versus Stephen Bonner, right? Uh, absolutely. The way that people heard about that fight was they were calling each other on landline telephones to tell each other that this awesome fight was happening. Right. That was just 12 years ago. Right. That was in the John Cena era. Right, right. And we're at the end of the John Cena era. Yeah. And, like, it's a completely different world already. Social media is different. Yeah. That's, like, hey... So, Facebook wasn't really that prominent. Twitter wasn't a thing before Barack Obama was in office. That's weird to think too. Like they, they I mean, we're that at, prominent. We're we're at the point now, and I, I know this because you know my advertising business. Facebook is actually no longer popular with youth. Yeah, Everybody's they've already had their big run with Twitter with the younger and generation. Instagram and all Instagram. That yeah, yeah. I, I mean, again, I mean, when you look at Raw or SmackDown, what gets the biggest reaction? It's the real-life stuff that they incorporate into the story. And the reason for that is because the fans know now. Because it's on social media. It's on Twitter. It's on Facebook. It's on Instagram. They know. And so, for example, when they did the thing with the Usos in the New Day and he made the reference to uh, Xavier Woods and Page, the crowd responded because they knew. Right? Yeah. And I, I think that's part of the problem is that Vince doesn't give the crowd credit. Uh, and Jinder Mahal talked about it at that time with Jericho when he said, oh, Vince told me the fans forget. Don't worry that you were a yeah. jobber for eight months because the fans forget. They don't. They, they don't. Much, and they, no. Jinder Mahal has, has proven that. I had a guy saying, what expansion are you talking about? Uh, how about NXT? 
which is yeah. a dual, which is now a dual touring brand of its own. They do two legs: the May Young Classic, uh, the Cruiserweight Classic, two hundred five Live, the UK this, UK the, Championship, UK Championship, and what we've seen out of that. Yeah, this what expansion? Come on, man. Yeah, I mean Hunter. Hunter has done things. I give Hunter a lot of credit, and you're right uh, that he he did put himself over, especially with CM Punk uh, when he shouldn't have. But he's gone after guys Vince would never look at, guys that are 150 pounds with no physique, but they can go in the ring. Those are guys that Vince wouldn't look at. I mean, again, I, I keep thinking back to Daniel Bryan when Vince questioned pushing him because he was a vegetarian. For yeah. something so rudimentary like that, he questioned pushing Daniel Bryan. Hunter can look at a guy and he can recognize, okay, fine, you're not built like Batista, but you can rip ass in the ring, and that's what he wants, right? So yeah. I've, I've got a lot of respect for Triple H, and I, I really do think when, that when the time comes that Vince does step aside, uh, that you're going to see, I think, immediate improvements in certain areas because Hunter, again, is a fan of the product. He's not just the producer, but he's a fan. And the same guy says, 205 Live in the Cruiserweight Classic do terrible numbers. May Young Classic, about 100,000 people max watched it. Okay, well, first off, you're talking out of your own ass because the show <laughs> hasn't aired yet. Yeah, yeah. So you are blocked. <laughs> blocked. You're so sensitive, Sean. He's gonna You're so to, sensitive. You know what? Uh, I haven't hit this one in a while. You're fucking wrong. <laughs> and now you're gone. <laughs> So, uh, you know, sometimes we talk about how uh, talent in WWE vents on social media and how I think it's a foolish thing for them to do, and yet you still see it happen. And I can't recall very many instances where it, you know, ended up in good things for them when that happened. So what do you think about Emma now? And, and I kind of question if she's looking to get released, honestly, because she not only posted on June 22nd, she posted a photo of a fan wearing a homemade t-shirt emma t-shirt and she wrote at wwe and at wwe shop where's my merch this is getting ridiculous and then on july 17th she posted here in nashville watching alexa versus bailey then sasha and naya love watching others get more opportunities that i never get um there's no benefit do you think she might be looking to get released i don't think she's looking to get released but um she has proven on repeated occasions that she is more than capable of being on TV and being a good character. Yeah, she she has, but that's not going to help her cause. And let me ask you this question. You know how there have been reports that she didn't want to do Emelina? Yes. Right? And I've never seen an interview with her where she publicly confirmed that. But there have been reports that she didn't want to do it. Do you think, in retrospect, she, she should have made a go of it because it could have led to more opportunities down the line? No, and I'll give you one example. Elijah Burke passed on the Spirit Squad. When the Spirit Squad was going on, they were a main event act. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that a lot of people back then would be like, man, should he have, should he have done, should he have passed on that? Should he have passed mm -hmm. on that? He has made a very nice career of himself. He's not a big main eventer or anything like that. But he's always got work. Yeah. He's I mean, Kenny and Mike, Kenny and Mike didn't go anywhere either, although uh, yeah. Dolph did. But Dolph did great. Uh, yeah. Mike is still out there wrestling. Actually, he was uh, who did the hour-long match with Deanna Perrazzo at, yes. at Rip Rogers. And Kenny yep. Dykstra would have a run, leave, and play college football, then came back and is in great shape. Right. Kenny Dykstra might still have a run, for all we know. He's like 31, 32 yeah, years old. Yeah, he's still old. young. Yep. You yep. never know what will happen. But 
I don't think that passing on a gimmick that you don't th- that you think mm, maybe not, but then you you hear people that are like, well, the reason why Terry Taylor didn't make the Red Rooster work is because he didn't commit to it. That's a Bruce Pritchard thing, and I'm like, man, that's that's and Conrad always gives him trash about that. He's like, mm-hmm. come on now, mm-hmm. some mm-hmm. gimmicks you just look at and it won't work. Do mm-hmm. I, but do I think she could have pulled off Emelina? Yeah, I do. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you know what's funny? Going back to Terry Taylor, Terry Taylor dyed his hair red in a spike, and he was out there pecking the air. So I think he gave it a shot, as foolish and ridiculous as it was, he gave it a shot. Emelina didn't even really get out of the blocks with that character. So I kind of wonder, because you know that television time is very valuable in WWE, and it's very limited in WWE if your name's not Roman Reigns. And I kind of questioned, she should have maybe given it a shot. She should have, you know, because then maybe if it had to work, she could have then started to kind of put it in her own direction or something, you know? Carlos Toro brings up a good point. The May Young Classic introductions have 660,000 views on their own. There you go. Also, somebody says, Kenny Dykstra versus Flip Gordon. Funny you mentioned Flip Gordon, guys. Next week while I'm in Toronto, we will have uh, parts of a Flip Gordon interview that I did uh, from Ring of Honor. So... That will be coming up as well. What else you got? Oh, uh, Carlos says he will be at the Barclay Center covering Broner versus Garcia. Broner, a, a semi-local guy to, to my area. Who I shows up at press conferences. changing the game with that boxing newsletter. How awesome is that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we have it uh, set up separately now on the boxing side. So yeah. He pitched that's good, me man. that idea, Carlos did. And I was like, a boxing newsletter, interesting. We'll give it a go. Mm-hmm. And I edited the first one, and I was like, this is special. Mm-hmm. This is different. It puts a lot of work. It's a lot of work, lot of work and uh, I'll post excerpts from it to promote it throughout the week. I, there mm-hmm. is nothing like Carlos Toro's boxing newsletter out there. And mm-hmm. if you guys are have a flicker of interest in boxing, it is a must-read because it educates me. It's, it's very it's, it's Absolutely. incredible. So next Wednesday, you're going to be here. <laughs> I am. We're going to do this together. Yeah. We've already we've already done a little bit of because we're going to do it in a different room. You see this messed up hair in person. Awesome! I get to look at your mop. That's going to be awesome. We're going to do it in a different room because we've already done a little really? bit of testing. Yeah, because this room's not big enough. It's not set up properly. Well, not with that hog in there. <laughs> but we're going to set that up. Nigel is going to produce the show. He's going to handle the software for that show, so you don't have to worry about setting up clips. He's going to do it for you for that one, and uh, it's going to be something else, man. You know, does this trip cement my status as the big hog at Fightful.com? No more managing editor. It's the big hog. I already told you that's that's technically me. You can't replace me. Come on now. You can't. Come on now. If you're the big hog, what am I? The grand poobah? Like, what's my title? I, I, you're the founder, dude. Uh, you know what? I'm going to tell you a quick little story, man. Quick little story. Okay. So uh, I have a business partner in my main company. And when we first incorporated and, you know, in business, you have to do all this shit, a shareholder's agreement and all that stuff. My lawyer said, okay, who's the CEO and who's the COO? And my business partner and I don't care about titles. We've never cared about titles. Uh, and so we looked at each other and we looked at our lawyer and we said, can we just be like janitor one and janitor two? <laughs> Because we just don't care about titles. There's, I think that too many people care more about titles and money, uh, and I care about money over titles. So I, I never really cared about that stuff. So, so if you want, you know what? If you, if you want to be the big hog, just because I don't care. Well, luckily you for you, I already have it changed on my lower third. Oh, do you? Yeah. Oh, there you go. It has been cemented, and uh, unfortunately, 
Tim Smith, instead of spelling cemented with a C, he spelled it with an S, and that means something completely different. So you're cemented. I'm cemented. (laughs) Tim, my man, come on now. Maybe that was intentional somehow. We'll we'll hit we'll hit you with a couple of questions. Sending questions on the chat, you guys. Somebody says, "Does Sean Ross Sapp have a five star hotel clause in his contract? Is travel covered by Fightful? Travel is covered by Fightful. I don't have a five star hotel contract. That was out of the goodness of Jimmy's heart. I put him up in a pretty swanky joint. He put me up in a legit five star hotel. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like this this is not this is a shoot." Oh the, yeah, the cemented big hog is shooting <laughs> right now. Yeah, you're gonna like the place. It's really nice. Yeah, you're actually getting spoiled too much because the the game is in a luxury suite. Nah, I'm, I'm excited. Suite. So you're getting you're getting spoiled a little bit too much, man. You know. You, you know what? My wife isn't gonna know what to think because she's a very very small town girl. Right. She's right, right. gonna be like this. What? You know what? Her and I will get along because I am small town at heart. I'm from a town of a thousand people. Well, our town oh. has, how about this? How about 400? Oh, there you go. There you go. Yeah. Man. Well, we're going to have fun. We're is gonna have room fun. service covered? Uh, you better put down your own credit card for incidentals. Yeah. Oh. But like I, like I told you, the U.S. dollar, you have a positive conversion on that. Well, I mean, with I, the change of title, that comes a, a raise, right? You already got one. That's a, yeah, but that was, that was before. Yeah, your raise is a free trip to Toronto. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I think you're good. Man. Somebody but says we should enable Super Chat. We might, we're, we're going to look into doing that. What's up? It's a donation thing on uh, YouTube where basically you can donate and some sort of chat situation. I don't know. Mm. People want to give us money to, to talk more. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever, Jimmy. Never anything else that we got? Next time I see you face to face, well, next time I see your face, yeah, we'll be in Canada. We are going to go for lunch next Wednesday before we do the list in your boy. We're going to nice. go for lunch. Then yeah. we're going to do the show. Then Thursday we got the Jays game next week. It's going to be fun. It's going to be just a very different dynamic because we're going to be in the same room, you know, looking at each other as opposed to looking on a screen. It's going to be a very unique. It is. Experience. It is. Yeah. So my schedule yeah. next week, by the way, guys, I'm doing a solo show after UFC on Fox a Saturday, and I have a WWE Battleground Sunday. Looks like Anna's going to join us for that since she didn't get to last night. I think her technical difficulties are, are cleared up. But Why are you doing a solo show? How come Joe's not doing it with you? Ask Joe. He had, he had something planned. Really? Yeah. Okay. Maybe okay. maybe he quit on you. Mm-hmm. But, we'll uh, talk. But Tuesday, after my wife gets off work, we are heading to Cincinnati because your boy ain't a morning guy, Jimmy. I'm not either, man. Not at all. And I, I know. I mean, I noticed kind of by how the office hours are. And yeah. I think it's very progressive, by the way, mm. because I've, I've kind of figured those out the, the ten to six type of thing. I, I do like it so that. we can hit all the time zones. That's why we do I it like that. I think it's brilliant. I think it's really good. But I stay in a hotel or be an Airbnb, whatever the hell we pick up, uh, Tuesday night. And then super early Wednesday, I fly out. And the big announcement, Jimmy, I am the hashtag 91-minute man because this flight is one hour and 31 minutes. There you go. There you go. Make sure you get some Canadian money. Go to the bank in Cincinnati. 
I'll probably go to mine locally. I'll probably do that tomorrow. Okay, yeah, get some of that. And so yeah, then, I'll, be, I'll uh, be out for a little bit tomorrow afternoon, by the way. Unacceptable, unacceptable. <laughs> You're pretty no, accommodating look- with that stuff. Yeah. Mainly because I think that you know I'm working at 3 a.m. anyway. But You know what it is? We've talked about this before. I think some employers forget that they were once employees. Yeah. And I was once an employee. And people sometimes have things they got to do in life, and I have not forgotten that. So. Well, I, I appreciate it for sure. Guys, follow us at Fightful Online, cross-platform, Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram. Of course, subscribe to us, iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube. Leave us nice reviews. Thumbs up. All that jam. Of course, check out yesterday's uh, Holy Smokes MMA podcast. We covered a ton of stuff, including the sensitive uh, Mayweather-McGregor racial implications, things like that. But mm-hmm. follow me at Sean Rossap, Jimmy at JimmyVan74. Until next time, we're out. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.